Losing Weight to Gain Control. Today's episode, What Does Your Body Do With Excess Sugar? Welcome to today's episode of the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast. This is Gwen Alexander, your host. This is a podcast to encourage you on your weight loss journey to maintenance. It doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of, in the middle of, or at maintenance because we all need some encouragement no matter what phase that we are in. Also, to let you know about some available resources, There's the Losing Weight to Gain Control 14-Day Get Started Guide, and it'll help you identify your eating patterns and start to think about the reasons why you eat the foods that you do. It's a free resource available at the website, thegwenalexander.com, and also available on amazon.com. There's the Losing Weight to Gain Control Food Journal and the Losing Weight to Gain Control Believe and Achieve Journal. The Food Journal helps you plan and track your food. It also has a section for tracking daily exercise and writing your personal motivational quote for the day. The Believe and Achieve Journal is a resource to track your progress of your weight loss goals, but also your non-skill goals and making a plan to achieve them. You can get those resources today to start creating a life that you don't have to use food to escape from. I have a friend that was cleaning out her books a few months ago. She texted me a picture of a book and asked if I wanted it. And I almost said no because I just cleaned out a bunch of books that I had. I'm trying to go digital with all of my books and only keeping the paperback or hard copy books that I think I'll read again or I've made notes in them. I told her, hey, I'll take it. I thought if I read it and learned something from it, that would be great and then I'll pass it along to someone else. The name of the book is Trim Healthy Mama. A Common Sense Guide to Satisfy Your Cravings and Energize Your Life. It's written by Serene Allison and Pearl Barrett. And one day, I had some free time and decided to start reading it. Now, the book is 607 pages, and I have been stopped at page 8. Yes, just page 8. It's not that I'm a slow reader. It's the information on that page that caught my attention, and it keeps bringing me back to this section. It's the way to describe how your body handles insulin resistance. They use the analogy of a dump truck that takes your excess insulin in your body and has to dump it somewhere. Here is a section from page 8 that I'd like to read to you in their words. And it's on page 8 and it's titled, Aging Cells Reject Sugar Delivery Truck. And it starts, quote, Jane is approaching 40. She's noticing the extra weight. Because as we get older, we become more insulin resistant. we have sure you've heard that term before. The idea of insulin resistance can easily confuse people, especially if they already have the knowledge that insulin is our fat-storing hormone. They wonder, why on earth do we get fatter in an insulin-resistant state when insulin is supposed to be, be making us fat? Shouldn't resistant insulin be a good thing? More confusion. And it continues to clear this up. All you need to know is that it is only our muscle cells that become resistant to insulin. 
If muscle cells stayed receptive to insulin, that would be fantastic as muscles burn glucose rather than store it as fat. But once they begin to resist insulin, fat cells have to take up the slack and receive the loads of blood sugar that our muscle cells use to be able to handle, but don't want anymore. Insulin resistance essentially means less glucose burning, more glucose storing. Two words, fat gain. And then I'm going to skip a little bit where they start talking about kind of about the dump truck. And that says, quote, when we are young, our muscle cells are open and ready to welcome the insulin truck with its load of blood sugar. And then also I'm skipping a little bit. It says, Jane is simply not able to use the amount of blood sugar that she could in her youth. She is left with more and more leftover glucose in her bloodstream. This has to be removed. It's insulin to the rescue again. However, since all her muscle cells are already full from her last carb-laden meal, it has only one place to go. Guess where? You got it. It is stored as fat. Insulin enables carbs and sugars to magically turn into fat more easily as her cells age and become more insulin-resistant. And here's where they kind of start talking about the, the, the truck. And it says, The truck arrives at Jane's cells, cell loading zones beeps and gets ready to tip its sugar load. It yells out to the muscle cells, are you ready? No thanks, her cells respond. We couldn't handle a mouthful more. We're not as interested anymore. And insulin replies, fine, I will store, store, store in your fat cells. They're not so picky and always accept anything I have to offer. This scenario is the reason Jane's waist is expanding. We may have over-explained, but it is imperative that you get this functional point. And that's where I'm going to stop kind of reading on that part. So that's actually pages 8 through 9, those two sections, depending on what edition you get. If they have a new edition of the book. After I read all of that, the first day I read it, I kind of laughed. Then I read it again. And I laughed because I could see in my mind a dump truck full of sugar is driving around my body saying, hey, you want this stuff? But it did something else. It made me really start thinking about how my body handles sugar and what I wish I would have known years ago about this. Now, I still eat carbohydrate-rich foods, and yes, some of them are made with sugar. And what I'm trying to do is help you understand what is happening to your body, because I believe knowledge is power. I don't care what age that you are. If you're in your 20s and listening to this podcast, learn about how your body handles the food that you put into it. If you're in your 30s, you know, you still need to learn about how your body processes the food that you eat. Many of my female friends in their 40s right now are going through kind of this thing that I went through. We're all being diagnosed with some type of chronic illness or symptoms of chronic conditions. We're dealing with extreme fatigue, brain fog. Uh, body issues, and other health problems. And it's not all the fault of the food we eat. There are other factors that come into play, but many of them have told me about the yo-yo dieting that they've done, the extreme diets that were done to lose weight, and how it might have hurt their bodies, and how they also ignored warning signs their bodies were giving them that they needed to slow down. When I was in my 20s, a lot of the information we have available today wasn't available then. Even information about the food that we were buying in the stores, you couldn't just Google it. I was also recently watching a video about 
how food and grocery stores became a thing. I realized something from all of the pictures and videos that they were showing. Everything they showed me were aisles and aisles of boxes. You could, you could still see some of the fresh food sections, but they were still very small compared to the areas that had food boxes. When I went to my local grocery store, I was noticing the same thing. It's like I see my grocery store a whole lot differently now. One thing I also noticed over the years is I have less boxes of food in my home. And my grocery basket is usually fresh foods or frozen foods or foods that I'm going to freeze later. That was a big change for me. Yes, cooking fresh means a little more work, but the way I feel is worth it. And as you figure out your food plan, you probably find that you're moving away from processed foods because you realize how much better you feel. I understand grocery stores are a business and the food companies are a business and businesses need to make money. I keep thinking, how can you make something in a box healthier? How can you make something in a box without a bunch of preservatives and other things to extend the shelf life? I don't have the answer. Many of those food items have to travel a long distance or set on a shelf for an extended time, so something has to be done to them to make them last. I'll be honest, I had three vanilla cream cookies yesterday. Guess what? I didn't tell myself how bad I was because I had three vanilla cream cookies. But when I finished them, I asked myself, do you want more? My answer was, oh yeah, I would like to eat the whole rest of the box. But I stopped at three. I also realized something else after I had them. My mouth was salivating a lot. Like, I want more of those cookies. I feel like I'm my own science experiment sometimes. I tell you this because I still deal with these food issues after all these years, but now I realize how my body is reacting to what I'm eating. I hope that portion from the book may have helped you understand a little more about how your body handles insulin. Maybe you will be like me and think about the little truck driving around your body figuring out where to dump your excess insulin. How have you reduced the amount of sugar in your food plan? I'd like to know. You can email me, gwen at thegwenalexander.com and let me know. Or you can contact me through my website, thegwenalexander.com and click the contact button and send me a message that way. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and share with anyone you think might benefit from the information on any of the episodes. Today's quote that I'd like to leave you with is a little funny, and I hope it puts a smile on your face. And that quote is, eat less sugar. You're sweet enough already. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. I'm not a medical professional. You should consult with your doctor or medical professional before beginning any weight loss or exercise program.